Welcome to Off the Record, talking real estate with Joe and Michaela. If you're interested in the Portland, Oregon real estate market and want the unvarnished inside scoop, you've come to the right place. Thanks for giving us a listen. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining the podcast again. We have a great show for you here today, and uh, we're going to answer a lot of questions around what it means to be a property owner or a potential property owner and renting your property and everything that goes into that. And tell us about our expert that we have right now, Michaela. I'm so excited about our expert. So this is actually our second episode with our good friend, Heil Bradley at Real Property Management Solutions. Welcome, Heil. Thank you so much, Michaela. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, of course. Heil. Heil's the best. Real Property Management Solutions is a great organization. Highly recommend them. And as you listen, know that we're going to have links to Heil, his contact information, and Real Property Management Solutions website at liveportland.com so you can know how to get a hold of Heil. And uh, we'll also have some links to other great information for you homeowners out there that have different needs and want to get some of that information on your own. Yeah, I'm excited about this. We have a ton of clients who, you know, are moving up homes or they're thinking about purchasing a property for investment. And I have to just take a second to thank Kyle really quickly because I will send him the most random message with these maybe clients who are thinking about renting out their house. And you're always so great and quick with the info. So I hope we can kind of put it all here in one episode and I can send people this way to listen really quick. So. I appreciate that, Michaela. <laughs> I really appreciate also having you and Joe as a great reference for us as property managers. A lot yeah. of folks don't know this, but in the state of Oregon, it is actually illegal for me to take a payment or any sort of compensation for the sale of a property. That's so, a great, great. Uh, yeah, as, that's a great point to make. When I when I have an important question or I need to get into what potentially selling a property looks like for somebody that we're managing the property for or an investor who's looking to buy and sell something as an investment, it's really important to have resources and teammates like you and Michaela, because you folks are who we count on when we have questions around, you know, how long do we have for this? You know, what kind of you know, around timelines, around the the, the transactional details, you know, you folks are really experts in your field. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, th I think it's so important though, for people to know that we're not like getting compensation for sending people to Heil and real property management solutions. We just, you know, it's like all of our partners, whether it be mortgage or escrow, um, you know, whatever the case might be, the professionals that we work with, we don't get compensation for that. We just want the best for our clients. And, uh, that's why we bring people like Heil on because he's the best and, uh, his company does a great job and they care about their people and they do a great job representing both their tenants and their, and their landlords. So with that, let's jump right into it. We've got questions. Let's get into it. We have a list of good questions. So <laughs> I think the first thing that comes up for potential landlords is, should I try and do this show by myself? Should I try and go out there and find somebody to rent this property and deal with managing them month to month, dealing with the contracts, everything that goes into it? Or should I go find a management company like yourselves to just have them take care of everything? So um, I think the question that comes up there is what are the costs associated on the potential landlord um, 
in order to partner with a company like yourself. Yeah. Pros and cons and costs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's a good way to put it there. There's a little bit of all of that. You know, if you work with a property management company, one thing that's you're getting the benefit of is that agency, you know, someone representing you, someone who is a little bit more familiar with some of the rental laws when potentially placing a tenant. So there's real advantages. And for the most part in our market, property managers are a fiduciary and we take a percentage of the rent. So we take between eight and 10% of the rent monthly. Typically there's a tenant placement charge or fee that's around a half month's rent, depending on who you talk to, that would also be associated with that. But if you were thinking about it from, I want to do this myself perspective, I really encourage you to take the time and bill out the hours that you literally put in getting the home ready, taking the pictures, placing the tenant, which includes screenings, showings, processing of applications, et cetera. I think it's very easy to be successful as a self-managing landlord in in the Portland metro market. It does require real dedication from you though, as the landlord. And time, time and and dedication. Yeah. It really does. And and it requires, and that level of dedication does require opening up the law books, frankly, and getting Mm -hmm. into chapter 90, learning, you know, what your rights are as, as a landlord, how to really steer clear of potential liability situations. And that's, that's really why I, you know, I work in this industry. A lot of what we do as property managers is really just managing the property for someone else and taking all that time and weight of expense around taking a, you know, missing a kid's softball game or potentially spending a Saturday, you know, showing your property to five or six uh, potential renters. If you really account for that, I think that the cost is probably a little bit closer to 15% if you were to give yourself any kind of common At hourly least. rate for, for, for your work and build it out. But. And what you mentioned is just leading up to placing a tenant. Once you have a tenant in place, I've had many rental properties over the years and doesn't stop when you place the tenant. There are a myriad of issues and different things that come up and just things that you would never ever think of. And it's like, okay, now how do I deal with this? Right. You know? And uh, that's why I love what you guys do. I think it's an incredible resource. And I think you're right. For some people, self-management, sure. Yeah. If you've got the time, the dedication and the patience. Um and you want to go that route, give it a shot. But at the same time, if you have a full life, if you don't have the patience like me, right? And you want to have your investment be taken care of and really trust that things are going to be done the right way, especially with the laws that we have here in Oregon, I think you really need to do your research and figure out what what the best fit is here. So that's that's kind of my take as a former landlord you you nailed it too joe just mentioning what happens after that tenant relationship has begun and you've placed that tenant it doesn't matter that you've done a lot of this hard work it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a set it and forget it business Mm -hmm. your home is a for the most part a living breathing consuming animal or at least a consuming business that requires upkeep maintenance Mm -hmm. And a tenant request has to be honored, especially in a state that's 
has a, a strict rules around timelines and re- requirements for landlords that um, well, I, I that would be the biggest thing for me right now, right now, Heil, is just the rules and regulations in place and knowing exactly what it would take to remove a tenant and all the costs associated. I mean, all the other stuff, yeah, you can learn and all this, but man, things change and it feels like they change quickly here in Oregon when it comes to the laws and rules and regulations around, around tenancy. And tenants are well-informed. I mean, you know, they can see these things on the news. They can read mm-hmm. these headlines more than likely, but, uh, and get really angry or adversarial pretty quickly. So I think dealing with that would be a headache. Certainly. Certainly offers a, 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 an additional level of liability. Yeah. Good info. Thank you. So as potential landlord, what work, you know, if I do decide to work with a property management company like yourself, which it sounds like I should, what work am I expected to provide to you maybe on like a quarterly basis? Is there a lot that goes into it or? The good news is for you, once you've signed on and you're under contract, your expectations should be around approval for maintenance items approval for rental increases or potential notices around violations, and then really just waiting for the money to, to be direct deposited into your, your bank account. That's all the tenant communication one. should be handled by a property management company. All the security deposit, periodic property review, communication around utilities, all of that should be handled by the property management company. And a reputable property management company signs a lease with the tenant directly. And that's the relationship that the tenant knows. So for you as a potential landlord, once you get the home ready, you know, for you, it's about making sure that you have the home the way that you think it's going to get the most dollars and that fits your budget. So you're, you're definitely on the hook before you, you work with a property manager to meet some basic standards around fire safety, fit and finish overall performance of the property, we'll call it, amenities, et cetera. But outside of that, once you've kind of had your, built your property as you want it to present it to the world, which is really a product, you're selling a product of sorts, and you've turned it over to a property manager, your job is really an approval process to make sure that that product is maintained and that each time there's a turnover, that it's delivered in its highest state. Outside of that, it's it's just being a, a good steward of your own finances and being collaborative with the property manager. That will be what's required. I'm always curious, how do you guys handle a uh, rent increase conversations? I mean, is that on a yearly basis, look at each property and say, you're entitled to a 10% increase on this one. Is that something you want to do? Uh, how does that conversation go? Great question. Super important these days with vacancy rising as quickly as it did. And having seen 22 straight months of vacancy, we know renters have more options than they ever had before. Mm -hmm. And when there's a higher vacancy rate, you're also going to see an average of your vacant days on vacant days annually or vacant days on market, depending on how you coin that or use that phrase, have also increased. And so knowing that we're going to take a look, a deep look into the rental analysis by property individually within both the seasonal uh, viewpoint. And we're also going to you know, filter that through what the market is doing locally for this individual property. So it's a full analysis. 
it's a deep analysis. You know, that in Joe, itself right there, Heil, I'm telling you is worth whatever sellers pay you guys, because knowing the market and being able to have that clarity as to what the market's doing. So you're not like just pushing rent increases whenever you can, or, you know, not taking advantage of rent increases when you're, when the opportunity's there, that in itself should pay for your services in itself. I would think, you know, I, I think it's one of the most important things that we do because triggering a turnover potentially costs you so much money, not just in terms of cost of the turnover itself, getting the unit ready mm-hmm. and the you know, advertising, paying for all that, but it's the time off market. It's the, those right. vacant, vacant dollars will end up being, for at least a single family landlord, their biggest costs annually. What if I decide to sell the home while someone is renting the property? I know there's a lot of different things going on in, in Portland and the met, metro area right now. What does that look like if, if you have a seller come or an owner come to you and say, you know, we've decided that we want to put this home on the market? What, what is that conversation and what does that process look like? It's, a, it's an important conversation because chapter 90 says mm-hmm. very explicitly how you can end a tenancy and what the timelines look like. And typically, folks that are looking to sell a home are hoping to sell it not tenant occupied. So if we're looking at a potential, you know, how do we do it not tenant occupied? We'll start with, you know, if that's, if that's how the conversation starts, then we're going to talk about how long the tenant has lived in the home. We're going to talk about whether it's possible. And if it's not, then what we'll recommend, because, and we recommend this whether you can end the tenancy or not. Now, if you can end the tenancy, and I do work with uh, homeowners that typically build, um, ask us to build leases just less than a calendar year for the initial fixed term. And we mm-hmm. do that of, of our own accord anyway for the properties that we manage because in that first year, you do have the freedom to end the tenancy for no cause. You would just simply pay the relocation payment if you're in the city of Portland or if you were eligible for that payment. If you're, if that's not possible, then you, you have all these potential moving parts. Like you mentioned, Joe, mm-hmm. inspections, uh, showings, you know, you want to take photographs, you want to advertise this property. And to do that, you're going to be in the home and you're going to be asking the tenant to be a little bit less comfortable. Well, the state has something to say about that. And the state addresses tenancy by saying, the tenants have a right to quiet enjoyment of the property. Mm-hmm. And while it, and what this potentially means for a seller is, and, and their realtor, and this is kind of the conversation we have, is that it's not a great idea to take a look at what potential showings you have and inspections and then just slap a 24 hour notice after 24 hour notice after 24 hour notice. People don't like that. (laughs) People don't like that at all. Yeah, under the guise that, you know, I gave you enough notice, I can do this. Well, the states definitely said if you use that, those notices repeatedly in a way to further a sale or whatever, whatever it is you're potentially doing it, if you are potentially violating that tenant's right to his, his, her, they or them's quiet enjoyment of the property. And as such, you could meet with some resistance. So, we always recommend the following. There is an addendum available to sellers called an addendum to show and sale of the property. It supersedes the lease agreement. It allows you to enter an agreement as the landlord with the tenant to say, I'm going to 
be at the home for these showings, these photographs, and this inspection, and I'm not going to post notice for any of it. And in consideration of your help and your uh, opening your home that you could, could you have the right to quietly enjoy? And I'm asking you to, to compromise that right. In exchange for that compromise, I'm going to give you consideration, cash. The state calls it consideration. It could be potentially a really nice gift. You could buy your tenant a set of golf clubs, but I think for the, you know, the best potential policy is to be cash. (laughs) Yeah. Ready to check. And and Mm -hmm. if you, if you take that, you know, kind of kind approach with your tenant, uh, as, as a landlord, it's very likely that you're going to receive uh, right. a lot of positive feedback from that tenant. They're going to be willing to let you in the house. They'll take down the picture of donkeys if you don't like donkeys or if you think <laughs> it's going to affect the sale. If there's pets there. Donkeys are always a big seller. <laughs> <laughs> you could I potentially, think so. Yeah. But you could potentially build into the, the agreement that maybe you want. Uh, you, you don't want any dogs there that day. And if the tenant says, hey, I'll do that, but that would require me to board them for this day. It'll be a hundred dollars. Considering right. that extra hundred dollars will go a long way. And I don't think enough realtors realize, and I know that Michaela, you and Joe do because you've built such a great business on this. But when you work with a tenant in the sale of the home that they're living in, you have a real opportunity to create an avenue for a new client. And it's not like that's going to happen right away. But I know, having gone through this process, that if it's hard, it feels really hard. And yeah. we've noticed in in the you know the post pandemic world, folks are less patient, maybe less forgiving than they ever have before. And if you have an opportunity to show grace, be kind, uh, op, you know, in a friendly way, present yeah. options to a tenant that allows them to pick what's going to be the best choice for their showing. Um, you know, can you, can they not be there Saturday? Well, Sunday works better. If you're a little bit forgiving and you work with them and offer a little bit of, um, you know, extra consideration, if you are asking them for, you know, make the consideration meet the ask is what I'll say. And I'm sure that that is a good golden rule for all of us in, in our day to day business, but it's especially important. I think when we're talking about a tenant in their home. Yeah. Communication and compassion. I mean, you just got to treat people with some humanity and some respect and it's absolutely. their home they've contractually obligated the, That's the landlord right, for it to be their home and over the years Heil, i've seen it go horribly wrong when brokers have not handled it the right way uh or when owners haven't handled it the right way but also we've act, like you said we've we've gained clients in the past by you know, treating people with that respect and and having that open line of communication where we can just let them know what's going on and making sure that it's all right. And if it's not okay, then that's fine too. And we can make things work. And most of the time people, if if you give them that compassion and that humanity and that respect, they understand they're, they're, you know, they understand what the, what the owner's trying to do. So I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I feel like this whole episode has been full of Hyle's advice, but Hyle, do you have any last advice for somebody looking to be a landlord? Plan your work. Work your plan. Take the time to wow. look at your property. If it's a home that you're currently living in that you, you're curious about what it might be, what, what it might look like from a revenue perspective, 
Call someone like myself, speak with realtors, take a look at your local market, get a little bit of anecdotal advice. It all, it all combines to make a, a, a nice little sauce of information that will help you make a, a big decision. And once you decide that you want to be a landlord, it's a, it's a real investment. Really invest. And I, and I say that to be clear. If you're, you have a nice, you know, you, for instance, a, you have a beautiful older home, city of Portland. It's going to make a nice clean rental, but you're just on the fence over whether that paint should be changed or not. This is the time in this current market, as competitive as it is, mm-hmm. make the change. Yeah. Do the, do the small things, make your property stand out, plan your work and make sure that you have a good team because you probably aren't going to hold on to that asset forever. And you want an informed realtor to help you make the decision around when the right time is to sell. You're also going to want to work with a realtor who is a, a very comfortable and accustomed to working with property managers, tenant occupied properties and, you know, have an attorney certainly as well, because there's always, you know, potential liability in both the sales and, and leasing transactions. And, you know, afterwards as well. So we just want to make sure that you have a good team. Make sure you do that. Plan your work and work your plan. So how, where, where can people reach you at? What's, what's, how do they get a hold of you? Joe, you can reach me certainly through our website at www.realpmsolutions.com or you can email me at Heil, H-Y-L-E at realpmsolutions.com. Awesome. And we're going to have that on our website, liveportland.com. You go to our podcast and we will have all of Heil's information there and uh, real property management solutions information, their link, all of it, including some of the links, city of Portland links and, and a lot of other good stuff. So visit us there. Heil, thank you so much for your time. You, you are spectacularly knowledgeable and we always appreciate your time and, and depend on you, obviously, uh, yeah. quite a bit. So we, we really appreciate it. Yeah, well, I, thank you I again. I on the two of you as well. I'm so happy that we're a resource for each other. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you, Michaela, a lot for, for working and making this happen. So. Awesome. Our pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Catch thank us you. next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us today. If you're interested in finding out more about Joe, myself, or the Live Portland team, you can go to liveportland.com. Thanks for giving us a listen and see you next time on the Off the Record podcast.